0: Welcome to The Perfect Storm, a bi-weekly podcast for business executives and cybersecurity professionals. Industry veterans, Michael Markulek and Matthew Webster chat with guests about the latest cyber news, threats, and trends, and how all of it impacts their businesses. Harbor Technology Group is a cybersecurity consulting firm that offers advisory services to the SMB. Harbor believes by taking a proactive rather than reactive approach to cybersecurity, business leaders can develop a cybersecurity program that will address external requirements, exceed client expectations, and ultimately take their organization to the next level. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry-standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses.
1: Welcome to another edition of The Perfect Storm. This is Michael Markulek. Joining me today is Elaine Evans from Springboard IT. Springboard IT is a partner of Harbor Technologies. They're headquartered in the uh, Philadelphia area and they have a unique perspective on the uh, MSP, the Managed Service Provider Space. Elaine, welcome.
2: Hi, thanks Mike.
1: So uh, Elaine, why don't you just take a minute or two and kind of You know, tell us about Springboard Media. Give us a little background of the company, kind of the product services that you're providing to the market.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So Springboard IT is part of a company called Springboard Media. And Springboard Media has been around for 25 years. Uh, We were the Apple store in Philadelphia before there was an Apple store. So we are very grounded in the Apple ecosystem. Uh, About 15 years ago, we decided to spin up our own managed service provider, IT firm and that is Springboard IT. So we provide consultation and manage solutions to uh, clients, organizations, educational institutions and businesses and we are Apple focused which is sort of why we're niche. Um, so we really concentrate on clients and departments and larger clients who have an Apple footprint whether that's iOS or macOS and we help them manage the full suite of technology uh, in the way that Apple would like them to.
1: And that's a, you know, it's interesting because, you know, most of the traditional businesses have been, you know, Windows based, you know, you know, server, you know, you know, you know, basically Microsoft servers, as well as, you know, Microsoft at the endpoint, you know, I think we're seeing, I've seen a trend to folks switching more towards, you know, the Mac OS, you You know, do you you have any statistics or, you know, how many businesses are out there running macOS uh, as their primary operating system?
2: You know, I, I don't have statistics on hand for that. It's definitely a growing number. So, you know, what sort of happened historically was Microsoft was such a powerhouse in the business environment that Mac users really didn't have a strong foothold and Apple didn't have traditionally a strong foothold in business environments either. When Apple grew so popular in the consumer market, it opened up an opportunity for Apple to come into the enterprise because they realized that a lot of the big players in a company, executives, um, and then newer uh, millennial staff really wanted to work off of Apple products because they're very user-friendly out of the box and it's what they were used to using at home as a consumer. Um, So the footprint has been growing tremendously. Um, Obviously, the consumer base is booming. But additionally, um, after Apple got into the enterprise with iOS devices, which was sort of their in, macOS has been coming in as, hey, offer your employees a choice. Do they prefer macOS or Windows OS? Most of the time when businesses make that move, people have been picking macOS. So the footprint has been growing tremendously in the enterprise.
1: Yeah. I mean, that lines up exactly with my, you know, my experience. Um, I think that, you know, the listeners of the podcast know I ran a cybersecurity software company. Um, one of the things I did uh, you know, almost 15 years ago was go to BYO date. Um, and we actually gave our development staff and our um, even our sales and marketing staff a stipend to go buy their own um, hardware. And, and we saw a, a trend towards when you give people a choice. That that Mac becomes, um, you know, w- where a lot of people gravitate. It, we struggle early on around securing the Mac device, right? Finding antivirus, anti-malware for it, um, you know, making sure that it complied with, um, you know, some of the things we're doing on Active Directory in terms of controls. I think most of those things have been solved. But can you talk a little bit about, you know, the securing of the endpoint in, in a in a, either a hybrid or Mac only environment?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I could probably talk for, <laughs> for hours on this subject. Uh, it's obviously our bread and butter here. And, you know, I said I didn't have any statistics, but we do, we do have, you know, an ebook I wrote on our webpage and blogs about Mac as a Choice program. Um, and one of the things that we talk about uh, is that the millennial workforce that's coming in, obviously, in uh, droves is going to choose Mac about 75% of the time and they wanna work off an Apple device when they're given a choice. So what we are seeing for, from a secure standpoint is that you know the hybrid environments and the purely macOS environments, they're kind of two different, two different things um, because the hybrid environments are trying to match their infrastructure for their Apple devices to their Windows environment, which can be a struggle because a lot of people want to use one tool to move them all. Um, and you know, Apple, an Apple computer is not the same thing as a Windows computer. The tools are different. It's obviously coded differently. Um, and I think that the enterprise is coming to terms with the fact that they're going to have to probably use a separate suite of tools to get the same parity of control over an Apple device. So you know, the ways that we talk about securing Apple devices, there's the traditional things that you have to have just from a, a compliance standpoint, and just know, hey, we're doing our due diligence and there's antivirus software, there's obviously identity management, Um, and then there's something Apple calls MDM, mobile device management. This is a really cornerstone, uh, sorry, cornerstone item to Mac management and security. Um, You need an MDM in order to be able to have control over what users are doing so that you can make sure that they're making good choices. The nice thing about the way that Apple has coded its OS when it comes to mobile device management is that management can usually get a bad rep and it's a bad kind of controlling term. In the Apple world, Apple sort of just removes choices for people and tries to keep it user friendly enough where users who have a device under MDM, they might be enforced to have a password policy. You might take away some of their options when they go to airdrop something but the nice thing is, is they don't click it and it says, you can't do that, you're not allowed. IT's locked that down. What happens is the choice is just removed for them. So users who get these devices under management actually end up having a really good experience uh, because Apple has always considered the user experience when, the, when they're sort of making these IT tools and how they work with the, the leading IT tools to manage Mac.
1: Yeah, I, I can see how that would you know resolve a lot of frustration, right? You know, one of the frustration on the Windows uh, platform is that you run into a lot of those uh, those dead ends, those roadblocks. Right? The, there's a feature that is in here that's not allowed by you know management administration. Um, if you're not seeing it, you don't know it exists, right? You know, um, you know it, it makes it much more palatable for the end user. Are are you seeing um, you know Mac shops being you know pure Mac or is is the hybrid world here to stay where, you know, you've got, you know, you know, max, but maybe you still have, you know, traditional active directory, you know, Microsoft servers um, in the environment. Are you you seeing, you know, that hybrid world or is it it making a complete shift to the, uh, to the max space?
2: I definitely always see a hybrid world. I think, you know, that we'll see a shift away from physical on-prem items for sure, because really what we're seeing is a lot of the SaaS applications and software tools are making their tools platform agnostic and even making their tools accessible online. So you have these creative tools that used to be something that you need to run a local server for, but with businesses like Figma, people are able to do more and more uh, in the cloud, online, uh, that wasn't even imaginable, you know, forever ago, where you, you are able to kind of be platform agnostic. So I think that everyone's gonna have a preference in that Microsoft will continue to innovate their OS, Apple will continue to innovate their OS, Linux will probably rise as well. Uh, and the nice thing is, is that people will be able to use the product that they prefer to work off of uh, because all of the applications that businesses are using to run their business are just becoming platform agnostic. I, I think that it'll take time for enterprise businesses to transition uh, into a more agnostic type of platform because there's a lot of legacy applications and those are obviously uh, complicated complicated transition over, but we're seeing definitely a hybrid world moving forward, uh, you know, and it just depends on how complicated it is to move your infrastructure to support that hybrid world.
1: Are you, are you seeing the, um, you know, the apps and, and the, the business tools kind of, um, you know, adopting to that, um, hybrid world, right? You know, I think about things like Adobe, um, You know, very different experience in, you know, uh, if it run in Windows versus run in Mac versus run in Linux. Um, I I still see, you know, most folks, you know, leaning back on, you know, the Microsoft productivity tools, you know, Word um, spreadsheet, uh, Excel for spreadsheets versus, you know, jumping into the, you know, pages or or Google Docs. uh, is, any, any thoughts around where we're going with uh, applications? Are we going to get to, you know, some clear standards on that? Or is it going to be, you know, you know, a different app for every OS?
2: I, I you know, I absolutely think that the, the apps will continue to go agnostic. You know, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Microsoft and Apple started working together. Adobe and Apple work together, um, you know, on the product launches to make it, you know, accessible on iPad OS, even. Um, so both Apple and Microsoft came to terms with like the fact that they are both here to stay. Uh, so we, our client environments, uh, you know, Office 365 is extremely popular um, as a suite of applications for many reasons for people who aren't running Windows OS. It's a staple, we we deploy it to almost every client environment just for the Office suite alone, if they're not running their backbone. Um, on, you know, O365 for email teams and that type of thing as well. So, you know, I, and a classic example of this is also QuickBooks. You know, I think that they're a great example of someone who six years ago when you did the Mac desktop client, uh, you know, it was extremely different than the Windows desktop client. And that was even different than their online version. So nowadays the parity between the online version and their previous uh, Windows uh, client is, is really, really close where even five, six years ago, which isn't that long. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't close. you had a lot of feature loss between the two.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny. have being a long time Mac user myself, um, having Mac at home and, and having to integrate it into, you know, different, um, work environments, you know, Mac used to be cool. It used to be like the, uh, you know, driving the Jeep where you get the little Jeep wave that, uh, <laughs> Right, that only keep folks know about. But now when I, when I sit in a, you know, in a lobby in a, in a hotel or I sit at a business conference, you know, I see it's, you know, it's maybe not 50, 50, um, but it's certainly not the, the, the 95, five that it was a decade ago. Um, so I think that that's, yeah. gonna be, that's going to be driving the market a little bit from your business perspective. Um, You know, how are your clients thinking about, you know, you know, where they're going? Are they, are they moving more quickly to the cloud? Um, are they embracing software as a service and getting rid of on-prem applications, right? All those things kind of, um, improve the overall security posture of an organization, but, you know, are they, are they embracing kind of, uh, you know, next gen, next step kind of technology?
2: absolutely you know this this is a big benefit of being a mac msp um, or an apple msp when the pandemic hit so previous to you know covid we we had already transitioned our support model to a remote support model just because of our client uh, footprint had a very strong desire to to be using SaaS applications and to migrate away from on prem solutions so you know we don't have any clients using on prem email anymore the clients who are hosting things on premise are for very specific business case uses, like they need to because their file sizes are so large, or they're using a very particular type of application that needs like a BIM server. So what we're seeing is that, you know, our clients really had a strong desire to to move to SaaS applications and to get away from local infrastructure. I mean, we have a lot of clients now who are full remote, um, you know, they, we, don't, we don't even have to talk to them about a local network. <laughs> you know, we're talking about protecting network in, in a remote world instead of, you know, in the office. So that is very popular. And like I said, when the pandemic hit, it put our clients in a very favorable position because they were easily able to transition to a remote workforce because their tools already supported that in a secure way.
1: Right. And, and I think with comes with that is moving away from you know, traditional antivirus, anti-malware to, you know, to an EDR or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, like solution. Um, And I I believe we're never going to get away from some of the infrastructure, right? You're going to have even, you know, in the limited office space folks have, you're going to have wireless infrastructure. You're still going to have your gateway to the internet, but as you can kind of reduce the, uh, you know, reduce the critical data that you're storing inside the organization and put it to places... You know, like the cloud or like software as a service, you kind of reduce your your security footprint, um, and that's certainly one way to uh, mitigate risk. So, I, I, I think that trend is is moving forward. I think there's still a couple of legacy apps in the financial services or construction sure. management or healthcare, right? Yep. A lot of health a lot of healthcare apps seem to be still being done on prem. Um, versus moving to the cloud. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's a trend that we're going to uh, see change a little bit. So just, Absolutely. just shifting over briefly to the MSP space, um, you know, there's, there's been a term that's come up the past couple of years, the MSSP, right? The managed security, you know, managed uh, security service provider. Are, are you seeing more and more your clients asking for security services are they asking for that EDR? Are they asking for uh, maybe next generation firewalls? Um, you know, it, it, are you seeing a trend in your business to uh, deliver more security solutions?
2: Yeah, you know, I would say that one of our bigger frustrations, once again, five, six years ago, was our clients' lack of desire to talk about security best practices. You know. Uh, getting them to install a traditional antivirus on a Mac, you know, they would shrug their shoulders and say it's not worth the cost because Macs don't get viruses, which, you know, you know, as a security professional, <laughs> it's not true. Um, and over the past few years, we've definitely seen an uptick in interest in securing their devices. Uh, and you know, with Mac OS, it is just, it is a whole other animal, you know. And the nice thing about this is that the security tools for Mac OS have also matured very nicely over the last five years, where there are Mac specific security tools that actually can do an EDR function as opposed to you know, I used to talk to security vendors and, you know, antivirus software vendors, and they just, they couldn't even talk to you about what exploit could happen on a Mac, or they would do some loose testing, but they had no stats or data. So we're seeing an increase in this request from clients. And then we're also seeing an increase in the market for um, actual software and services that are considering the differences in the Apple ecosystem.
1: Right, right. Any other any other trends you're seeing out there I mean, you're, you're talking to a lot of small and medium sized businesses, a lot of the uh, listeners to this podcast are, you know, executives in the small and medium sized space, you know, any other any other trends that, you know, that, that CEOs and business owners should be thinking about in terms of, you know, managing their hardware, managing their software, getting the most out of their IT investment.
2: Absolutely. I would say, you know, the area that has become the most popular, which is, which is funny. It's once again, it's something that because people deployed Macs and maybe used G Suite, you know, 10 years ago when they first were spinning up these businesses, um, it's something that is more traditional in a Windows environment, but identity management, you know, so there's these identity, ma- identity management as a service uh, vendors. And that's a big piece where a lot of our clients, they had all of their app, applications and, you know, their directory services, they're all just like managed separately. So, you know, with the rise of these, you know, as a service identity management vendors, you know, our users are really able to leverage, hey, here's the one source where this is going to be where we manage this user and what they have access to. Um, And if they leave or something happens, we have a lot of visibility and a lot of quick action we can take to kill access to services, um, which, you know, previously, people were going in and they were turning off Google, they're turning off Slack, you know, they're, they're doing these things individually. So I would say identity management, um, because as, as you know, as well, you know, individual users are definitely a huge weak spot that a, you know, you have to give your users the ability to be productive and work, um, and you entrust them a lot with, you know, them making good decisions uh, around security on every day.
1: Yeah. I mean, the statistics are overwhelming, right? night you know, the Verizon uh, data breach report, you know, consistently says 90 plus percent of all cyber incidents start with a human doing something wrong. Um, Absolutely. So it, it, as you know, dealing with Harbor, we're, we, uh, we focus on the training, we focus on, you know, you know, the policies, the controls, but it's really making sure that, you know, you're, you're putting as much bubble wrap around the human as possible without limiting them. right? I, you know, I, yep. I, I, use the, I use the term bubble wrap, but it's more like, you know, Making sure they have the bike helmet and gloves on, um, you know, so that when they go over the handlebars, they're uh, they're not going to get injured. Um,
2: yeah, and that's one of the things I really like about the identity management solutions is that they are a win-win for businesses because they give the users actually a lot of a lot more productivity um, while also protecting the business a lot more because the user is able to go to one place, see what applications they have access to, make access requests for applications use one thing for authentication to those applications and they don't have to remember a billion passwords. Um, So it's, but at the same time, the business has a lot of control over what a user has access to, how they have access to it. They can see when they access it um, and be able to once again, remove that access in a very quick expedient manner. So it's a real win, win. I think that we'll see everyone, you know,
1: deploying. Right. Well, I'd like to thank you for your time. You know, it's, you know, I I think, you know, we have a a good percentage of our clients um, having either a hybrid environment or or some are trending towards a Mac-only environment. I I think it's a topic that doesn't get enough coverage out there, Um, especially as I said, you know, I sit at a conference and see, you know, 50% of the CEOs in the the conference room, you know, opening up Macs. Um, So it's definitely out there. It's definitely here to stay. You know, it, it has lost a little bit of that, you know, cool cachet right there's no more <laughs> There's no more jeep wave but uh but i i think you guys are doing great work in, in a very exciting space because i think it's going to continue to grow
2: thanks mike
1: um one of the things we asked all of our guests to do um you know it's harbor technology group it kind of was spawned with my uh business partner and myself you know i, I spent a lot of little time out in gig harbor washington he spends a little bit of time up in maine and um uh, if you've ever been to our website, you've seen the the harbor lighthouse imagery. Um, we asked all of our guests to kind of, you know, point out a harbor or a, uh, an island or a, uh, you know, a, a beach that they uh, that they particularly like. Um, and, and if there's a restaurant or a, a drink that we can go have while we're there, that's even better. So um, I don't know if you've got any ideas or any suggestions. Um,
2: well, you know, I, I lived in Florida for eleven years, so I, I probably have too many suggestions. So you'd have to you'd have to DM me to get the specifics. But you know, I would say, you know, I, I lived in West Palm for years, and you know, there's a lot of lovely areas there where you can go, and um, you know, the, the anywhere from West Palm to Miami, all those small beach towns are are just wonderful because you can you know walk up, have a drink, get a bite to eat, go walk along the beach, and they're just like beautiful little beach towns that are super casual and a lot of fun.
1: Right. With no baseball this summer, I think more people are going to spend, the, you know, their spring training at the beach and, and less time in the ballpark. So uh, good advice. And, and, you know, you know, as we talked when we were getting uh, prepping for the call, you know, my folks are in the West Palm area. So it's a, uh, it's a great little corner of the world. Thank you for your time today. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll invite you back in the future. We continue to you know, work with you as a great partner and look forward to uh, watching uh, Springboard IT continue to grow.
0: Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. We would also like to thank Tom Marshall for the original music, yes, that Tom Marshall from Fish fame. Harbor's portfolio of services is designed to meet the cybersecurity needs of small and medium enterprises. We offer a range of services from Cyber Risk Advisory to VCSO Consulting to meet specific security requirements without putting a strain on your technology budget. If you like what you heard here, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. We release new podcasts every other week and are available on Spotify and Apple. You can reach us through our website if you have additional questions or suggest a great harbor we should mention on our next show.